Day 314. Welcome to Word in 3D. We are promoting God's Word so that there won't be destruction. Hosea 4 and 6 says, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priests. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I also will ignore your children. We are transforming our imagination and gaining eternal perspective by reading, reflecting, and praying God's complete word together. As Romans 12 and 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning, God. We thank you, God, that we have breath in our lungs to just give you the glory and just worship your holy name, God. There's none like you. You are set apart above it all. Every other thing that comes in our way, every other false God doesn't compare to who you are. So, Lord, we confess that you are the top, that you are, there's none above you that you are number one and everything that we need is found in you. Lord, we want to fall under your pattern. We want to follow your ways because your ways are higher than our ways and better than our ways. Even though we can't see it, we know that in the end that your ways are always better, always better. So Lord, we thank you for Jesus who died on the cross for our sins, who gives us a new life, that we have a new start every morning your mercies are renewed every day. We thank you, God, that you have uh, provided a way to your heart, provided a way to walk into your presence as sons and daughters and not as hostile enemies. Lord, we're not condemned, but we are we are lifted up um, in your name. And we just thank you, God, for, for that. So, Lord, we pray right now, whatever we are lacking, Lord, that you fill the cup, Lord, that you fill us up, that you give us our daily bread. Lord, that our eyes be open to the word, that our eyes be open to your will, Lord, that we have complete peace in our hearts, Lord, throughout the day, that we will be even an anchor to some, you know, as we anchor into your word, Lord, and they see that they can anchor into to you, Lord. Um, Lord, we pray right now that our hearts just be open to your word and your love and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so today's readings, we have Psalms 122, verse 1 through 9. We have Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1 through 18. And we have Ezekiel chapter 19 to 20. That's chapter 20. Aaron, would you kick us off with Psalms 122, verse 1 through 9. Praise God. I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in the gates, in your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord, according to the statute given to Israel. There stand and there, there stand the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who you love be secure. May there be peace within their walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of your, for the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be with you. For the sake of the house of our Lord. I will seek your prosperity. Amen. Psalms 122, verse 1 through 9. What stood out to you? What inspiration do we get from this passage? And uh, what type of instructions do we get from this passage? Amen. Um, open it up right there. Just, you know, I... I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. 
And there's other versions saying, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And yeah, I know I can relate to that. Um, starting to get into a walk with with Christ, you know, it's always weird. Like at first you start a new relationship and, and that's what it is with Christ. It's a relationship, right? We're not in a religion, we're in a relationship with a true and living God. And at first you're trying to like, kind of get used to it, get into the flow. This is a new thing. And I think as it continues to develop, like for me, I know that that joy continued to, to grow mm-hmm. where I'm like, yeah, no, I, I want to go to church. I want to connect with my brothers and sisters. I want to praise God. I want to um, hear more about, I want to learn more about him, you know? And so I started to experience that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Rejoice when I said, let's go to the house of the Lord. Hey, man. It's like uh, this morning in the Bible in one year, uh, there's a commentary and it was talking about how, you know, the, the holiness and sanctification and uh, how Jerusalem, this was the place where everybody, you know, this is this is the place where we, we can worship. I mean, unlike today, you know, we can worship anywhere because christ has came and he has you know abolished the old way of 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 doing things but this this being sanctified and and you know having joy in this place of you know where do i find my joy and my hope and my peace you know what was we created to do in the first place you know and and david obviously you know found that place of where you know that hope comes from 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 for him you know I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. Um, I, I really love how you pointed out, you know, this is the place where we we gather to um to remember, you know, to 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 lift up the name of God, to just, you know, and, and I just think, man, we're gonna worship something. You know, as human beings, we're gonna worship something. And so, like, if we're not worshiping God, what are we worshiping? You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, what are the things that we, if if God is not put on his throne, like where, where he's supposed to be, it's like all these other things get in the way and block us from not having a meaningful life. Um, this I think this is a great instruction, especially verse six tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May, may those who love you be secure. May their peace be within your walls. And um, for the sake of my family and friends, I will say peace be within you. There's something very, very important about uh, praying for the peace of where, where uh, worship comes from. You know, um, anything else stood out to you in this uh, passage? Um, I definitely feel you guys. Um, now I begin to think, you know, this is the same brother who, well, we're thinking of David who you know, created a 4,000 member worship team, you know, <laughs> um, there was, he knew, he knew, he knew the, um, the strength, the love, the camaraderie, the mm-hmm. fellowship, you know, from being in the cave. Um, he knew, um, I can't imagine him at times worshiping and then there being other men around him uh worshiping as well um he he knew what it was like you know um coming into the city with the 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 ark of the covenant Mm -hmm. you know and praising the lord on his way in so there's a level of praise and there's a level of fellowship, a level of, of coming together, a level of love, um, um, almost an example of heaven that I felt like, I feel like he felt, um, when coming into the house of the Lord, Mm -hmm. um, even having that vision of building the temple and picturing everybody, uh, in that place and so so yeah that's a good point because that camaraderie of worshiping together it does something about just 
it it amplifies the glory it amplifies like god has given each of us like a voice and a way to reflect him and then when we come together it's like the reflection is just so big it's so huge um another point another thing that stood out to me too was uh you know we do become what we worship you know we do become um like one one verse says as as people was worshiping idols they became like them they could do nothing but when we when we worship god together and we come to his place of uh of worship it's like he begins to make us holy as he is holy you know and pure as he is pure and so that is i think it's just so important to to just continue in that place of worship thanks for pointing that out um any other thing that stood out to you before we uh go into prayer about this any other words reflections if not uh aaron would you just lead us in prayer heavenly father god we bless you god we praise you yes lord i'm thankful god that i can say that now that you've brought me into your love where i can say you know i rejoice with them when they said to me let us go into the house of the lord Father, and thank you for your direction yes, Lord. and your um, insight and your commands. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say peace be with you. Lord God, and we just pray that right now for, um, for those of us that are here on the call, for those of us that may be listening. Father, we pray that for our nation. We pray that for our world. Yes, Lord. Peace be with you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Up next, we have Hebrews chapter 10, going to from verse 1 to 18. And I'm going to kick it off. It says, Christ sacrificed once for all. The law is only a shadow of good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can, it can never, by the same sacrifices, repeated endlessly for this reason it can never by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year make perfect those who draw near to worship otherwise would they not have stopped being offered for the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins but those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings. You were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, Here I am, I have come to do your will. He set aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when the priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sin, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Amen. Let's reflect on that. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1 to 18. What stood out to you? What inspiration do we get from this passage? And what type of instructions do we get from this passage? It's 
reminded me of that song that we sing, you know. I came to do your will. <laughs> I came to do your will. Amen. To, uh, what is it? Restore and to heal. Restore. Praise and, God. Yeah. Yeah, man. I just, you know, I, I think we started talking about it a little bit yesterday. Mm-hmm. Just around like sacrifices and kind of how things worked, you know, in the Old Testament. There had to be the, the period or the, the point remains, you know, there has to be uh, shedding of blood for forgiveness of sins. That's just the way that it works. Mm-hmm. And it used to be the blood of animals. And we see bulls and goats and all these different things. But then Jesus Christ actually came and was that sacrifice for us. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like something that's hard to grasp like hard to fathom and understand because nowhere else, nobody else has done anything like that. And for me, I would have to think long and hard, you know, I mean, maybe we might think like our parents, you know, my mom maybe would do that for me. Um, But somebody that would do it for everyone, the good and the bad alike, Mm -hmm. just so that they could have the opportunity to believe and receive this, that they could be reconciled to the father. I think that's pretty, um, pretty awesome, pretty amazing. Jesus is um, Lord of all, for sure. The Holy Spirit also testifies about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice is no longer necessary Mm. we did it once and for all and when we're forgiven not only do we get you know not only do we get washed in the blood so we're forgiven for our sins but we're also now sealed with the holy spirit Mm -hmm. he puts his law into our hearts and he writes them on our minds he infuses us with his wisdom and knowledge and gives us access so that we can go back to him as needed yeah that's good amen you know it's crazy too just that god doesn't he doesn't do something without showing us what he's doing you know uh if we was in just like a a dark hole we wouldn't know what in the world all these bulls and lambs were about and i'm pretty sure like the people uh when they were started to do these sacrifices they probably were like what in the world are we doing you know um but now it leads up to that point to where they realize okay Christ uh, is now that sacrifice to to do away with all these other killings of bulls and lambs and stuff. Um, and thank God we, we don't have to do that anymore, you know, or or to, to recognize our sin and guilt through that way. But we just can come to God and be honest with them, be like, hey, you know, I failed in this point. I failed in this place. And he is faithful and just to forgive us, you know, as the scriptures say. Um, but that that is a man. Just imagine you having to, to 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 sacrifice and be reminded of your sin by by killing a little little lamb. That's I mean, that's like my little pet. I'm killing this little little thing just to take away my guilt guilt and stuff. I'm like, it, it's that struggle. I don't know. That's just man. That's a real picture. Anything else that stood out to you in this? Any other words? You know, I appreciate that, man. I never really thought of it like that. How, um, you know, you said it's like your pet. But I'm just thinking about how, you know, something else or someone else had to had to pay the price for my sin. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Even in itself, like it used to be bulls and lambs and goats, but they were still paying the price for you. Or they yeah. were still paying the price for me. Um, and that, and that Jesus did that once and for all. That was just neat how you're, I don't know what, why I opened up my eyes kind of different. Yeah. It's like, sorry, something Fluffy. Else had to, I guess when I think of, you know, if I did something wrong, I got to, I had to get the consequences. Yeah. But instead it was somebody else that gets the consequences, you know? And we're talking about these in this natural experience. But the thing that we really got to be focused on, praise God, and, and that's why we come here to gain this eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. Because yes, guess what? There are natural and temporary consequences. 
but there are also eternal consequences mm-hmm. and keeping that in mind and being aware of that and knowing that we need hallelujah you need an eternal sacrifice to cover an eternal consequence mm-hmm. i can't have a temporary sacrifice to make do and cover an eternal consequence so praise God for that. He knew that. And he loved us so much. He didn't want to set us up for destruction. So he gave us a way. Hallelujah. Through his son, Jesus Christ, sent him here to die. He rose on the third day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we can place our faith and trust in him. Amen. Be forgiven Amen. for our eternal consequences. Amen. Let's go to Lawrence. He has his hands raised. Yeah, man. <clears throat> That is that's crazy to think about too as well. You know, the the priest, there was a whole level of, <laughs> of him consecrating himself, having to be cleansed, and he's taking the sacrifice uh for for us, you know, doing all this for us. And then on top of that, if if he's not cleansed, you know, going in here taking this sacrifice for somebody else mm-hmm. then, then the Lord would strike him down <laughs> the Lord would strike him down man why are you laughing <laughs> <laughs> somebody else is offering you yeah, know and so serious I'm, stuff cause as <laughs> Loki it's messed up it's messed yeah. up man and so it shows me you know even with even with um us saying that we are in a royal priesthood mm-hmm. and um, having a level of leadership, there's a level of of uh, consecration that we need to have. You know, Amen. a level of of, of holiness that, that we need to be shooting towards mm-hmm. um, because there there is much um, there is much to take in consider. When you are, you know, because really, to be let, let's just be in all honesty, there's a huge level of sacrifice that you're taking on for somebody else, uh-huh. and so, um, so yeah, no, I just put a different perspective to that for me. That's a good point. A consecration. It's like if you're going to become a medical doctor, you have to go and study. Or whatever job field you get, you have to consecrate yourself for that thing. You can't be doing other stuff and getting caught up in other stuff, even as a soldier. You can't get caught up in civilian affairs. It's like you have to consecrate and sanctify yourself for that specific duty. Because if you don't consecrate yourself and you're a leader and say you're going out to war and you got all these civilian affairs in your mind, like, oh, you know... getting caught up in this and that and you're in war zone you're going to lead your team to death you know you going you're going to die and your whole team's going to die so it's important that we consecrate ourselves as leaders to lead the way in holiness to lead the way before god so that we don't end up in a place um like paul told timothy you know watch your doctrine you know watch yourself closely so that you will save yourself and those who who are with you you know followers let's go to david yeah thank you guys man i really appreciate the perspectives that are being brought out here you know and it's like you know you know as i think it's so crazy that uh, you know brother webb how you out you sort of seem to be going in a sort of a direction i think i was going mentally which was Yes, you know, we're talking about the atonement, we're talking about the sacrifice, that the ultimate sacrifice now that supersedes all sacrifices made before, that that now going forward, you know, our lives are going to be different because our we were bought with the price of, of the you know, of literally the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But then but I'm trying to say in that being said to me, now therefore us being these now being Christians and being, you know, his messengers and his followers, our life is that now, but that your life is now a sacrifice. The, the, this, the sacrifice of, of living is because you're, we're supposed to be bearing the cross. 
you're supposed to lift up the cross. When you say that, that means that you're supposed to be, that's the self-sacrifice of, of purging the flesh, which is the fight every single day to be like him is the sacrifice, is the uh. physical one, is the fighting against the flesh, is the constant, um, you know, when they say, you know, it, you know, when they use in science, it's like, you know, for every action there's an opposite and equal reaction you know mm -hmm. and in that in what's scary about that is that because it's science it's of this world it's the world itself in living you you're being pulled the opposite way so to move forward is to go against gravity to go towards jesus is to go against gravity is mm -hmm. to fight against the forces that you can't see right mm -hmm. is the now being the marked individual in the in the world of a principalities and and and, and, and these in this spiritual warfare mm -hmm. now you're a become a beacon now that you make a good point right life. there because a different life. Yeah. like what are we willing to be sacrificed for someone else you know when somebody messes up and they do something wrong, are we willing to step in and be like, "Hey, I'll pay for that," or "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna bridge that gap," you know? Are we the ones following the steps of Christ, being the ones who are full of grace, who's saying, "I'll lay down my life so that this person that doesn't even deserve it can have life." I mean, that is a big, that's a very mature thing to do. That's that's a very mature thing to do and and you know Christ did that for us while we were sinners he died for us he took our place and uh, to make us holy and I, and I'm even thinking about how uh you know he tells us in others we we read in other scriptures how men are supposed to do that for the wives you know he says uh you know making them holy by the washing of the word and you know basically putting our lives online for another that's some deep stuff. Let's go to Aaron. This is the last one right here before we move on. Yeah, I'm just thinking about how, you know, we're being formed into the likeness of Christ. You know, more and more as we enter into his presence, we're being transformed, you know, from one degree of glory to another. And so it made me think about how, you know, he became, he became a sacrifice for us. So then it makes sense that in turn, we would become these living sacrifices uh, that David started to talk about. And, and then from there, okay, so what does it look like, you know, physically or tangibly to be a living sacrifice? Mm -hmm. And like how you guys are saying, but, you know, some examples of going against the forces of evil that are in the world. So instead of being greedy, you know, we're going to be caring about other people's needs. Mm-hmm. Instead of holding on to grudges, we're going to be forgiving people. Mm. Instead of moving out of fear and letting that be our motivation, we're going to be motivated by love Amen. and by sharing Christ with people so that eventually they can come to know him. Amen. You know, so I just wanted to illustrate a couple points of what are some, you know, tangible things that we can do when we talk about this, you know, fighting against the, the powers of the world taking on the fruits of the spirit and operating out of those versus operating out of our fleshly desires or the, the fruits of the works of our flesh. Yep. Praise God. Amen. Aaron, you want to pray for us or pass it? Yeah, sure. Father, we just, God, we thank you. We yes, thank Lord. you for sending your son to die for us, God, for being that one sacrifice for all of us. Lord God, I pray that uh, scales will be removed from people's eyes, that their ears will be open, that their hearts will be softened so they can receive the sacrifice you made for them, God. Lord, I pray for those that receive your sacrifice, that receive this gift of grace. Lord God, that they would stand up and they would be motivated by power and love and a sound mind. Father, they would know that the spirit you gave them did not give them a spirit of fear or timidity, Lord God, but all power that overcame sin. Hallelujah. A love that is unconditional, that flows from our Father and is never ending. 
and a sound mind with wisdom and discernment so we can properly assess situations, take the right actions, know when to say what and, and what to do, Lord God. And it's not by our power, it's not by our might, but it's by your spirit. We bless you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Up next, we have Ezekiel chapter 19, going to chapter 20. Take up a lament concerning the princes of Israel and say, What a lioness was your mother among the lions. She lay down among them and reared her cubs. She brought up one of her cubs and he became a strong lion. He learned to tear the prey and he devoured people. The nations heard about him and he was trapped in their pit. They led him with hooks to the land of Egypt. When she saw her hope unfulfilled, her expectation gone, she took another of her cubs and made him a strong lion. He prowled among the lions, for he was now a strong lion. He learned to tear the prey and he devoured people. He broke down their strongholds and devastated their towns. The land and all who were in it were terrified by his roaring. Then the nations came against him, those from regions round about. They spread their net for him, and he was trapped in their pit. With hooks, they pulled him into a cage and brought him to the king of Babylon. They put him in prison, so his roar was heard no longer on the mountains of Israel. Your mother was like a vine in your vineyard, planted by the water. It was fruitful and full of branches because of abundant water. Its branches were strong, fit for a ruler's scepter. It towered high above the thick foliage, conspicuous for its height and for its many branches. But it was uprooted in fury and thrown to the ground. The east wind made it shrivel. It was stripped of its fruit. Its strong branches withered and fire consumed them. Now it is planted in the desert in a dry and thirsty land. Fire spread from one of its main branches and consumed its fruit. No strong branch is left on it fit for a ruler's scepter. This is a lament and is to be used as a lament. In the seventh year, in the fifth month, on the tenth day, some of the elders of Israel came to inquire of the Lord and they sat down in front of me. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, speak to the elders of Israel and say to them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Have you come to inquire of me? As surely as I live, I will not let you inquire of me, declares the Sovereign Lord. Will you judge them? Will you judge them, son of man? Then confront them with the detestable practices of their ancestors and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. On the day I chose Israel, I swore with uplifted hand to the descendants of the house of Jacob and revealed myself to them in Egypt. With uplifted hand, I said to them, I am the Lord your God. On that day, I swore to them that I would bring them out of Egypt into a land I had searched out for them, a land flowing with milk and honey, the most beautiful of all lands. And I said to them, each of you get rid of the vile images you have set your eyes on and do not defile yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. But they rebelled against me and would not listen to me. They did not get rid of the vile images they had set their eyes on, nor did they forsake the idols of Egypt. So I said I would pour out my wrath on them and spend my anger against them in Egypt. But for the sake of my name, I brought them out of Egypt. I did it to keep my name from being profaned in the eyes of the nations among whom they live and in whose sight I had revealed myself to the Israelites. Therefore, I led them out of Egypt and brought them into the wilderness. I gave them my decrees and made known to them my laws through which people will live if they obey them. Also, I gave them my Sabbaths as a sign between us so they would know that I, the Lord, made them holy. Yet the people of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They did not follow my decrees, 
but rejected my laws, through which people will live if they obey them, and they utterly desecrated my Sabbaths. So I said I would pour out my wrath on them and destroy them in the wilderness, but for the sake of my name, I did what would keep it from being profaned in the eyes of the nations in whose sight I had brought them out. Also with uplifted hand, I swore to them in the wilderness that I would not bring them into the land I had given them, a land flowing with milk and honey, the most beautiful of all lands, because they rejected my laws and did not follow my decrees and desecrated my Sabbaths, for their hearts were devoted to their idols. Yet I looked on them with pity and did not destroy them or put an end to them in the wilderness. I said to their children in the wilderness, do not follow the statutes of your parents or keep their laws or defile yourselves with their idols. I am the Lord your God. Follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Keep my Sabbaths holy that they may be a sign between us. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. But the children rebelled against me. They did not follow my decrees. They were not careful to keep my laws, of which I said, whoever obeys them will live by them. And they desecrated my Sabbaths. So I said I would pour out my wrath on them and spend my anger against them in the wilderness. But I withheld my hand, and for the sake of my name, I did what would keep it from being profaned in the eyes of the nations, in whose sight I had brought them out. Also with uplifted hand, I swore to them in the wilderness that I would disperse them among the nations and scatter them through the countries, because they had not obeyed my laws, but had rejected my decrees and desecrated my Sabbaths, and their eyes lusted after their parents' idols. So I gave them other statutes that were not good and laws through which they could not live. I defiled them through their gifts, the sacrifice of every firstborn, that I might fill them with horror so they would know that I am the Lord. Therefore, son of man, speak to the people of Israel and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. In this also your ancestors blasphemed me by being unfaithful to me. When I brought them into the land, I had sworn to give them, and they saw any high hill or any leafy tree. There they offered their sacrifices, made offerings that aroused my anger, presented their fragrant incense, and poured out their drink offerings. Then I said to them, What is this high place you go to? It is called Bala to this day. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Will you defile yourselves the way your ancestors did and lust after their vile images? When you offer your gifts, the sacrifice of your children in the fire, you continue to defile yourselves with all your idols to this day. Am I to let you inquire of me, house of Israel? As surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, I will not let you inquire of me. You say, we want to be like the nations, like the peoples of the world who serve wood and stone. But what you have in mind will never happen. As surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, I will reign over you with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with outpoured wrath. I will bring you from the nations and gather you from the countries where you have been scattered with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with outpoured wrath. I will bring you into the wilderness of the nations, and there, face to face, I will execute judgment upon you. As I judged your ancestors in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so I will judge you, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will take note of you as you pass under my rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. I will purge you of those who revolt and rebel against me. Although I will bring them out of the land where they are living, yet they will not enter the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. As for you, house of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Go and serve your idols, every one of you. But afterward, you will surely listen to me and no longer profane my holy name with your gifts and idols. 
For on my holy mountain, the high mountain of Israel, declares the Sovereign Lord, there in the land, the entire house of Israel will serve me, and there I will accept them. There I will require your offerings and your choice gifts, along with all your holy sacrifices. I will accept you as fragrant incense when I bring you out from the nations and gather you from the countries where you have been scattered, and I will be proved holy through you in the sight of the nations. Then you will know that I am the Lord when I bring you into the land of Israel, the land I had sworn with uplifted hand to give to your ancestors. There you will remember your conduct and all the actions by which you have defiled yourselves, and you will loathe yourselves for all the evil you have done. You will know that I am the Lord when I deal with you for my namesake and not according to your evil ways and your corrupt practices. House of Israel declares the Sovereign Lord. Ezekiel chapter 19 and 20. That was heavy, but what stood out to you? What inspiration do we get from this passage? What type of instructions do we get from this passage? I'm really, I'm inspired by the the beginning, you know, lament over Israel's princes. And, you know, that, that illustration around like a lioness and her cubs. So, you know, you, you were made strong initially talking about the, the lions. Um, but then you went away. You went away and then, and even had your mother, she was like, you know, this, this tree kind of planted in this fertile land, she was going to be able to produce. Things were going to be good. And this was how God made it. But then the people, they just continue to go astray. Uh They continue to follow after their idols. And it just reminded me that, you know, one, there's always a choice to make. Um, Two, when we choose for God, you know, these illustrations that he gives us, it's like we're, we're a strong lion. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or we're like a tree planted by, uh, planted in fertile ground. The the options and the, the, you know, what he opens up the door for us is just so amazing and so awesome. But we still have a choice to make and we still got to follow him. And we see how easy it is to for generation after generation to go astray. Yeah. And from generation to generation for them to be led further and further away, because now it's like the the child to the generation looks after their parents how they messed up and they follow after what they did mm-hmm. and it's just like man oh man we really need to to make some better choices and so i'm thankful to be here and be a part of this you know because we want to be a a voice for a different choice we want to promote the knowledge of god so that people will be aware they'll have some degree of understanding but that they'll have that choice to make yeah, you know, so that there won't be destruction because we know that we know that we know that if folks don't choose Jesus, there will be destruction. Yes. And it's like, you know, when you're taking a test, you know, before you go take that test, you have to study on what is the right answer, you know, and even in any trade or skill. You got to learn like, okay, do I cut this wire or do I cut that wire, (laughs) you know? And if you're disarming a bomb or something, you cut the wrong wire, boom, that's destruction. But that all starts with having an education and knowing God, you know, having the greatest education. It's like preparing ourselves in the presence of God so that we make the right choices when the tests come. And that's the biggest thing that I'm, I'm like, Lord, help us prepare a generation help us be prepared ourselves first of all sanctify ourselves in order to be when the time comes to lead and time comes to for action that we are ready for action you know that we have we have trained we have studied we have um you know prepared ourselves for when the when the days day of evil comes we'll be ready to face it with the word of god uh, let's go to brother david and then uh brother lawrence yeah, I just want to say thank you for those words, um, Brother Aaron. You know, uh, there's two passages that, you know, I'm getting a sense of. And what I've been learning to do recently is that when, I, when, we're, when I'm when i listening to, to the Old Testament, 
I'm not looking at it as like that's just in the past and you know that's not now I, I'm saying how can this be now right the ability to to relate the scripture to you and yourself in your world and your context makes this the living document right um then you know so I I want to go to uh, I guess 20 you know chapter 44 it says do not follow the statutes of your fathers to keep their laws or defile yourselves with idols i am your lord follow my decrees be careful to keep my laws keep my sabbaths holy and then maybe a sign between us then you will know i'm the lord your god so you know what i'm hearing is just like you know what once again, you know, this is just a, a, you know, history repeating itself, right? It's like the modern day, you know, bringing us out, you know, now we're in this world, we're in America, we're like in the new Egypt, we're in the new place where all these idols are, you know, our idols are, you know, social media, um, fame, um, money, you know, these are just all these other forms of the same thing. What we're doing is saying, okay, like what we have to do, these are just laws to us. Like, you know, he's always speaking to the remnant, right? He's speaking to the ones who will hear me. And it's like, you know, follow these. These are very simple. Follow my laws, keep my Sabbath. Then you will know the laws between us and we'll keep that, you know? So it's like, okay, you, you know, as a remnant, you have to be able to do that in the face of oppression then mm-hmm. and then the part when he goes to 38 you know i guess of 20 goes i will purge you of those who will revolt and rebel against me and although i will bring them out of the land where they are living yet they will not enter the land of israel then you will know that i am lord you know i'm just reminded that you know as we're progressing through our life this this purging is what's going on right you know the you know the things that happen to us let's say COVID-19 or you know um diseases these things are just ways that people tend to be cut down in the end and that you know his remnants uh you know hopefully the ones who keep his laws who keep his tenants you know we're able to 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 actually go against all these things and persevere and then when he comes again which he will it is written you know he uh-huh. will once again israel will be the same place to be risen again and that will be the new milk milk place of milk and honey and we will be with our father but yeah. these are those times so I, I just really feel like it's about relating it to us and now yeah i appreciate that you pointed it out you know it talks about that sign between um them and god you know keeping the sabbath and you know, these laws and these uh, statues, which uh, thank God for Jesus that, you know, he uh, gave us freedom, you know, but we need to recognize Christ in everything that we do, because that's our sign, but signifying that we belong to God, you know, Christ is that sign now that, hey, you know, we're no longer in Egypt. We're not longer following these false gods, you know, um, that we are God's people and uh, God really hates idols. <laughs> you know, that's one thing that I, I'm pulling from this passage and, and through the whole, you see that through the whole patterns that if you really want to go into wrath, you know, and fall into to a place of a uh, bad relationship, you know, start, start devoting yourself to an idol. And, and that's, that's when things go down. Let's go to Lawrence and then uh, let's go to Aaron. Yes, man. Good word, brothers. Good work. I um was looking at how the many times in these scriptures they were saying some things like um, twenty verse thirty one, when you offer your your gifts, the sacrifice of your children in the fire, uh, you continue to defile yourself with all your idols to this day. Um, that begin to make me think about um, the many times that we that we don't realize that we. I know right here he's talking about like Malek worship, you know, throwing the kids over the fire, fire and actually making a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's just um, a physical uh, representation of something that we do a lot <clears throat> um, when we don't um, as leaders. Um, 
follow God in a way that the next generation follows God. Because we see over and over again that this stuff continues to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, and it's crazy because sometimes it's just like the next generation that deals with, uh, um, that deals with the junk because of one generation's mess up, you know, one generation's um, idol worship and lack of following um, God like we should. Mm-hmm. And so, and I see in the, in these scriptures many times he uses the reference of like children, like 2021, but the children rebel against me. They, they did not follow my decrees. And so it just, it, it was just, I don't know, I just had this strong weight of like realizing like, wow, mm-hmm. I can't believe how often we, um, because, all right, I'll just say this last little thing. Yesterday I'm on a Zoom call uh, about this book that I've been reading called The Wonder Switch. And, um, <clears throat> and you know, there are certain people that have been asking questions that kind of allude to biblically does this, does, does this, um, does like does this relate back to the fall of man or mm-hmm. you know and the last time he was like yes but yesterday somebody asked him did this change your view did the concept of wonder change your view about god uh which i thought was so crazy because i've been writing about wonder that's the reason why i got the book mm-hmm. but um my concept of wonder drew me closer to god but this brother said this yesterday he said he said um he said, yeah, it actually caused me not to believe in God. And I've been beginning to think of how cool this person is. I'm like, man, this is a good person. You know, he, I mean, like, he's a real genuine, like, nice dude, you know. Uh-huh. But then I begin to think about <clears throat> um, the idol of self. Uh-huh. And I, I trust what I believe more than anybody or anything else. Uh, I mean, there's, 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 you know, these these compromising idols mm-hmm. um you know that we don't realize that so easily uh, um tries that <clears throat> that pulls us away from from god yeah the, the biggest way and that small compromising we don't realize how we're throwing our kids into the fire because he he, t- he, t- he said this thing is like Man, when I when I go to bed at night, when I took my kids in, we you know, he even said we pray. He said I pray with my kids, uh, I read stories with my kids, and then he's these words came out of his mouth. You know, we do all the nightly rituals, <clears throat> and then and then he went into um, so so, but and then he said he tells his kids this. He's like, hey, I'm so proud to be your dad. Um, or and I'm so happy that I'm your dad, you know. And then he goes about he goes about his night, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Mm. <clears throat> but to know the lifestyle, the belief that you're taking on that causes you you don't realize that you are throwing your kids across the fire, you're throwing your kids into the fire. Because yeah. There's a system that you haven't taught them, or a mentality, uh, or a relationship that you haven't helped them to build. Mm-hmm. That when it comes time for them to be grown up, since well, you didn't teach them in the way they should go, it's like just passing them through the fire. Well, yeah, you're going to have to, they're going to have to face God. They're going to have to face God in judgment, you know. But in, in another sense, you know, people um, with their lifestyles, you think about abortion. The reason people have abortion is because it's like, you know, either that's going to, um, cause them to not have the lifestyle that they want like that 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 child may uh compromise their their comfortability so that in a way that is also a form of, of child sacrifice to where it's like look look i gotta get my education right now you're gonna have to die kid you know so, i can't so. yeah i can't i can't afford you you know you, you're just gonna have to be sacrificed um man when we follow idols it really kills life it kills uh new solutions it, it aborts life it aborts basically yeah it aborts life when we follow idols it aborts life and so that's why god is pulling his people from seeking these these material fleeting things 
you know, and, and put them in a place to where like, hey, come back to your senses, come back to me, come back to, to seeing the bigger picture. You know, you're just living temporarily, but there's a bigger picture here that you're missing because you're blocked by an idol. Um, let's, Aaron, you had something else to say. Yeah, praise God, man. Um, absolutely. Uh, we, we learned so much about idols and, and not falling kind of in, into their trap. Uh, when we, we said something earlier about the, the Old Testament and looking at it in a way that it applies today, and I really appreciate that. I just wanted to echo that. You know, we're gaining an eternal perspective. Once we have an eternal perspective, you're going to start to realize that, guess what? This is your history spiritually uh -huh. you want to talk about your natural history you can go back and follow your bloodline and your genealogies and that's great and it'll come to go from dust that came to dust that will return uh -huh. but we can go back and see our spiritual legacy through the old testament we can see the growth and the transformation and the and the highs and the lows and everything um so praise god for that the other thing was you know talking about one thing that really stood out to me in this reading was you know how he's even pointing out the sabbath like god loves us so much and he orchestrated things for us to make sure that we could rest and be restored uh -huh. and he wants to be sure that we uphold it i thought that was pretty awesome and then lastly to this point that we've just started talking about and i'm like wow this is such an awesome topic but it's right at the end of our call but in terms of parents and guardians and um elders passing on the knowledge of God to, to the next generation. Since we're talking about specifically children, I just want to give this example. When we're talking to children, we can be sharing about God in terms that they understand. We may not have to t go exactly to the, the Bible verse and, and what the book was in the historical context. Because they're a child, we can just give them the essence of, the, of what it is, right? Hey, if somebody does something wrong to you, God told us to forgive them. So that's what we do. Uh -huh. That's it. So we teach them it, you know, as they grow old enough, sure, we can read it with them. And of course, that time will come. But I'm talking about this early phase when you're laying that foundation. And then most importantly of all, Dave and I were talking about this last night, that we're setting an example. So when something comes up, make sure the child is able to see you or make sure that those people you're leading are able to see you doing what you're teaching them to do. So I got offended, but you know what? I forgive that person. I forgive you in Jesus name. And I pray for you. So we tell them what it is. We put it in very simple terms. They can grasp it. And then we demonstrate it for them. I think that's and the most important thing right there that we demonstrate it because children, they, they learn by example, right? I mean, Think about, and that's one of the things that was in the Bible in one year. It says, sanctify yourselves and you will sanctify society. We are the change. We got to be the change in order if we want to see the change. So instead of being like, oh, everybody else, you know, sanctify yourselves. It's like, okay, let me sanctify myself. And through that, I will be one thing, one, one point to that solution of sanctifying society. You know, um, thank you for all the uh, the points you know, that, that is true, you know. So um, let's just go before God in prayer, asking him to uh, just sanctify us. Let us be leaders in this, leaders in love. Be the first one to make the change. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word because it sanctifies us. It gives us, it brings us back to reality of things, Lord. It helps us to see the bigger picture, to understand that, life is not all about us life is not about you know this world has been here longer than we've been here the sun has been rising and setting longer than we've been here you have been watching humanity come and go our friends are not god our friends are our family's not god the government is not god uh, you alone from 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 the beginning to the end you alone in heaven are god and so that's why we look and seek for what you have to say for your word not for opinions or commentary, but Lord, we, we are looking for your unadulterated word so that we can live a life of righteousness. And dear Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you just go ahead and cleanse our hearts of all those idols and, and point out and illuminate and burn out those things that are idols in our life, Lord. Uh, Lord, you know them. You know us well. 
Lord, we pray for a change in America. We pray for a change uh, in our hearts because that's where it starts. From, from our hearts, Lord, comes the issues of life. So, Lord, we just want to be pleasing to you, Lord. We want to our lives to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Lord, we want to be, run and, and not have anything that causes us to stumble, but let's run. Let's be the generation that, that follows you wholeheartedly, that's devoted wholeheartedly. And we cast away any and everything that causes us to stumble and to fall away from you. We give you praise. We give you honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining Word in 3D. 3D. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priest. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I also will ignore your children. So our purpose is to promote the Word of God so people won't be destroyed. That's the whole point of us being in here. So uh, from the Psalms to, to the New Testament, to the Old Testament, we, we're gaining that eternal perspective so that we won't trip in this life, that, that we will walk strong and, and lead a path so other people can walk in that path as well and, and, and walk in righteousness. Amen. Thanks for joining Word in 3D. I'm thankful for everybody who uh, supports and gives. Um, if you want to support and give, you can go to MikeSolo.com support. And uh, this is Word in 3D. We are going deep. Peace out, y'all.